Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Monday, the start of another week and the start of a very, very busy week indeed for Arsenal. They're in action tomorrow night, of course, against Luton in the Premier League. And then Saturday, they head to what looks to be a very, very tricky game at Aston Villa against Unai Emery's. I can say inform sign, but they did drop points yesterday away at Bournemouth. But at home, Villa, there is no one better when it comes to uh, home performances this season, home results this season in the Premier League to Aston Villa. So that's going to be a really, really tough test. But Arsenal have got to get past Luton, first of all, on Tuesday night. Mikel Arteta will be speaking at his pre-match press conference a little bit later on today. Or by the time you're watching or listening to this episode, you might well have already seen what he's had to say. That press conference taking place at 2.30pm this afternoon at London Colney. So keep your eyes peeled for all the very latest from Mikel in terms of team news and any other updates ahead of that game against Luton a little bit later on today. We'll discuss that match today in today's show. We'll look at some of the latest team news, look at who could start. Will Mikel Arteta make some changes with that game against Aston Villa to come? You would suggest he probably will, given Arsenal had Champions League last week, had the weekend game, of course, that we've just got out of the way. And then you've got Villa on Saturday. You've got to think if you're going to make some changes, if you're going to use the squad and rotate to keep players fresh, it's going to be this week. So we'll talk about that. The latest team news. Got some comments from Jorginho that I wanted to discuss as well. And plenty of you guys getting in touch with your comments and opinions. So as usual, we'll go through some of those at the end. But we'll start today's show by looking at uh, what Mikel might well be facing when it comes to the very latest team news. Um for that trip to Luton, who could come in, who might get a bit of a rest. As I said, with that game against Aston Villa to come, you really do feel like this is probably the opportunity to make some changes. Of course, you don't want to disrespect Luton by any means. And Luton has shown this season, at home especially, they can cause teams problems. They drew with Liverpool, for example, and Liverpool needed an injury time equaliser to get anything from their game 
at Kenilworth Road. Uh, and Arsenal, I just saw a stat from Albino on a, on Twitter. Arsenal have not won any of their last 10 visits to um, uh, to Kenilworth Road, but that was a very, very different time. It has to be said. People of my age or before will remember those trips to Luton, the plastic pitch as well. It was a really, really tough place to go and get a result. A little bit different this time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, sort of looking at what Arsenal could do, Tommy Asu's injury, you would think at the weekend in that win against Wolves is probably going to force Mikel Arteta into some sort of action. We don't know yet the full extent of Tommy Asu's injury. Hopefully we'll find out a little bit more later on today with Mikel Arteta's press conference. But the fact he went off with a muscle problem at the weekend, even if it's not that bad, and Arsenal did say afterwards they were hoping it was just a, you know, they, they took, took him off just purely for precaution that it wouldn't be too bad. But even if that is the case, you'd still think this game is probably going to come too soon for him. And that would just mean Ben White coming in at a right back. White replaced him, of course, in the win against Wolves. Anyway, and that's not going to make any uh, Arsenal any weaker. The issue is, of course, Arsenal are kind of managing Ben White a little bit at the moment because he's had his own injury issues that he's trying to come back from. But there's no real other option. So if we're out, Tommy, as you think Ben White's just going to play it right back. I do wonder what Mikel might do on the other side of the defence. Zinchenko, of course, has played the last couple of games um, at left back. I do wonder if this is a game where you you bring in Jakub Kivior to get him some minutes because you would, un- unless Mikel decides to go with Kivior at Aston Villa to shore things up defensively a little bit, I think if Tommy Asu's fit and fine, I think Tommy Asu plays at Aston Villa and Ben White goes to right back. Tommy Asu comes in at left back. It feels like a Tommy Asu left back game more than Zinchenko. But if Tommy's not available for that one, could Mikel look at it and think Kivior might add a little bit more defensive steel? We know how dangerous Villa can be. We know how many goals they score. We know that the threat they possess down their right-hand side. And we know that Zinchenko defensively is not the best, as we saw at the weekend in the win against Wolves. So I do wonder maybe Kivior could come into contention for that game. So it's quite a little bit for Mikel to weigh up in terms of Tuesday night and how he rest players, how he rotates players with that game at Villa Park to come. Jorginho, could he come in at centre-back? I do wonder if that is the case. Kai Havertz, I think, is probably certainly going to come in um, on Tuesday night. I'll be surprised if Havertz doesn't start this one. Trossard's got the last couple in that left-eight role. I thought he played all right. Leandro Trossard, I've got a question, I think, about him that we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. Um, some mixed sort of comments from from you guys in terms of what you thought of Trossard playing in that left A role. I didn't think he was too bad. I didn't think he was particularly brilliant by any means, but I didn't think he was too bad. I thought he was better in that game against Wolves than he was in the role when he played it against Brentford. But I think Kai Havertz will probably come back in for this one at Villa Park and get the start. He was, of course, rested at the weekend. As I said, Kivior is another player. You look at the forward line and what Mikel might do with the forward line. I'd be surprised if we see any changes in that. I think we'll probably stick with Saka, Martinelli and Jesus probably for both games this week. Potentially, you could play, if you take Trossard out for the left eight role, you could bring him in, rest to Martinelli and play Trossard at the left, or you could play Trossard uh, centre forward and rest Gabriel Jesus head against Villa, ahead of the trip to Villa Park. So there's lots to do. Very keen to get your thoughts ahead of tomorrow's show as well that I can include in terms of what you want to do, what you think the starting eleven should be, who Mikel should bring in, who he should potentially take out. Let me know, of course, in the comments below. Team news-wise, in terms of who's definitely not going to play, we know there's Emil, no Emil Smith-Rowe. In terms of Emil Smith-Rowe, I think he's getting there. The last update I had on him was that he has been out on the pitch. Actually, I think Mikel Arteta confirmed that in his press conference last week and Arsenal were hoping it was just going to be a few more weeks for Smith-Rowe. So he should, fingers crossed, play again 
before the end of the year. As far as I'm aware, the same goes for Thomas Partey, who, although he's not back out yet training on the pitch or doing much work on the pitch, he's still working towards being back before the end of this year. So before, um, I think the final game of this year is Fulham, isn't it? On like December, the it might even be New Year's Eve, the Fulham game. So those two hopefully going to make an appearance, but certainly not in terms of this week, in terms of the games against Luton and Aston Villa. No Fabio Vieira, of course, he'd be suspended anyway for these Premier League games, but he's injured, so no uh, no him. And uh, you're in Timber, of course, remains sidelined. So that's the latest team news ahead of Arsenal versus Luton at the weekend. Uh, sorry, on Tuesday night. FA Cup third, right, third round draw took place yesterday. Nice and easy draw for Arsenal. Just Liverpool in the third round. I mean, <laughs> a penny for Mikel Arteta. Well, we'll get them later on today, I'm sure. Mikel Arteta's thoughts and Jurgen Klopp's thoughts. I mean, these are the sort of... When you get to this stage of the competition in January, really busy start to the year. You've just had the festive period. You're like, please just give me a nice and easy home draw in the FA Cup third round. But oh no, it's Arsenal versus Liverpool. The last thing both managers would have wanted. We don't know the date yet for the game. I mean, it's nailed on to be a TV match, so it's definitely going to be one of the prime time slots. I doubt it'll be the Saturday. I imagine you're probably looking at Sunday prime time for Arsenal versus Liverpool, but remains to be seen. Newcastle versus Sunderland was also a really big draw. And that'll be one of the TV games. So we'll find out pretty, um, you know, in the next couple of days, I imagine, when this is going to be. But as I said, it's the last thing Arsenal would have wanted. Wanted to start the year after such a busy festive period to be able to rest some players and um, you're not going to be able to do that where you wouldn't expect you'd be able to do that. You, you want to... It depends how seriously Mikel takes this FA Cup, and I think he will try and take it seriously. And you want to stay in it. You don't want to go out on the third round stage. People will look at it and think Arsenal have got higher priorities this season in terms of the Premier League and the Champions League, and that might be the case. But you want to have a good go at the FA Cup. Absolutely. It's the FA Cup at the end of the day. You want to win it. There's only four trophies on offer. Arsenal already already out of one of those. You want to stay in all, the rest of them as, as long as possible. Um, so this is a game you want to win, even against Liverpool. I imagine Jurgen Klopp will probably go pretty strong. Um, and so it's going to take... The good thing is, I think I haven't actually looked at the exact fixture dates of this, but I think you've got the FA Cup third round, and then I think it's that little mini winter break. I don't think Arsenal have got another Premier League game before that little winter break when they're going to head off to Dubai. So if that is the case, which I'm pretty sure it is, then you could go strong for this game. And then you know you've got a two-week break anyway for the Premier League and you're going to be heading off to Dubai. So um, going to be a really, really difficult game, of course. Arsenal versus Liverpool. I remember at the Emirates last year, what a match that was, the 3-2 win for Arsenal. Uh, and then going up to Anfield for the 2-2. There's going to be a, Arsenal travel to Anfield on the 23rd of December for the league game, of course. So it's going to be two games against Liverpool in very quick succession, um, which uh, is <laughs> hardly ideal. But that is the draw. Let me know your thoughts on that one. Okay, before we get on to some of your questions and comments, Jorginho has been talking after the game against Wolves about the result, about the performance and what he thought of it and how it also, the game sort of panned out. And he was asked about the fact that Arsenal kind of let Wolves back into the game a little bit with that mistake from Zinchenko and the fact the game should have been put to bed far earlier. They had the chances to win 3-4-5-0 and Wolves wouldn't have been able to have any complaints about that. And what Jorginho had to say, he said, it is a mindset, to be honest, because you have to, you have the game completely under control and all of a sudden you stop doing the simple things that you need to keep doing. The thing that got you there at that point. Then you put yourself in trouble because every single team in the league is strong and they come out. We need to keep pushing for one more, one more, one more. I think that is the mentality that we need to have. I try to communicate a lot, 
try to help my teammates with my body language and voice. I try to help them to finish the game and win the game because the game is not finished until the referee blows the whistle. You need to keep pushing, keep fighting until the end, which, you know, you can understand those comments. But I have to say that game against Wolves at the weekend, I didn't look at that as one that Arsenal stopped pushing and stopped trying to win the game. They kept trying to win the game. They kept trying to score more goals. They just missed them. They missed the chances. So it wasn't a case that they... I didn't I didn't ever watch that second half and think, oh, Arsenal taking their foot off the gas here. They're cruising. They're going to let Wolves back into it. I didn't get that feeling watching that. I've had that feeling before, but not in that game. I felt they still did try and go in to get the third and fourth goal. They created the opportunities to, did it, to do it. It's just on the day. They weren't ruthless enough to take those opportunities. And then when that happens, you're always open to one little mistake, one 30-yard thunderbolt into the top corner. And suddenly the game's on again. It's 2-1. And of course, there was the mistake with Zinchenko getting robbed in possession. And that allowed Wolves back into the game. And that set up that little nervy ending, which probably shouldn't have been there because of the amount of chances Arsenal had and the dominance they had. But I didn't feel like that was one of those games that Jorginho talks about where, you know, you they stopped playing. They stopped going for one more, one more, one more, as he said. I think they carried on doing that. They had their mentality. They they it felt like they were trying to push on and get the third and fourth goal. They just didn't take it when the opportunities arrived. And that's what ultimately got them in a little bit of trouble at the end. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, bit of a Premier League review now. In the weekend's over, everyone's played. 14 games in total and the league table, if you're watching this on YouTube, Arsenal now have a two-point lead at the top of the table. Three-point lead over Manchester City after that 3-3 draw for City yesterday against Tottenham. What a crazy game that was. I didn't see all of the second half. I was had family stuff going on yesterday. I was I was away. Um, I watched some of it. I watched the first half and as I, when I left, it was... When I left, the Celso had just made it 2-2. And then I was driving and I had my kids in the car, who, of course, refused to let me listen to the radio. So I didn't know what was going on, but I kept seeing alerts flashing up on my phone, which was plugged into the, to the car for the sat-nav. And I kept seeing WhatsApp alerts from my mates flashing up. And I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? What is, ha- what is happening? And, um, yeah, a bit of a surprise when I got home and looked at my phone, saw it was 3-3. And uh, crazy game, as always seems to be the way whenever Tottenham play Manchester City. Uh, how Manchester City weren't out of sight at half-time, I'll never know. The amount of chances they miss. It's not just Arsenal missing chances. Manchester City are doing it as well. It was unbelievable. They should have been should have scored about four or five goals in that first half. They didn't. Fair play to Tottenham. Brilliant result for them in the end. Good result for Arsenal as well. Mad little moment at the end by Simon Hooper, the referee, blowing his whistle after letting play go on and then blowing his whistle when Grealish went through one-on-one. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that <laughs> picture at Erling Haaland, which makes me laugh. It'll be, uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see 
what, if any, action the FA or the Premier League take over Erling Haaland and Manchester City, who completely surrounded the referee, looked at one point like Erling Haaland even put his hands on the referee, certainly screaming in his face as those pictures make it obvious for all to see. Interesting to see if any action are taken against them, if any retrospective punishment is taken against them. It was a crazy decision by the referee, though. I don't know what's going through his head. I mean, let play on, let the play sort of go on, play the advantage, and then suddenly bring the bring the play back when the through ball is sent Jack Grealish through one-on-one. For Arsenal point of view, good thing he did that though. Arsenal end up two points clear, uh, sorry, three points clear of Manchester City. Good result for them, good results for them weekend-wise, except for Liverpool, which was so, so close to going perfectly. What a crazy game that was at Anfield, scoring two late goals to beat Fulham 4-3. If that had even just been a draw, that would have been fantastic for Arsenal when they'd have a nice little buffer over everyone else. But can't complain. 14 points, 14 games gone. Arsenal two points clear at the top of the table. And the league table looking very, very nice indeed. Okay, a few questions and comments from you guys. First up here is Carlo. He says, hi, Charles, you are absolutely right about Declan Rice. This is obviously in um, uh, sort of replying to what I was talking about Declan Rice yesterday and his performances. He says, he always seems to be in the right place at the right time to break play up. He reminds me of Gilberto Silva. Goes about his job quietly, but effectively doesn't get booked constantly seven out of eight every 10 a week. He hardly puts foot wrong. 100%. I can't remember Declan Rice having a bad game since he arrived at Arsenal. Interesting comparison there with Gilberto because I was thinking about it at the weekend. I was talking to someone. I was like, he's the closest person I've, I've seen to Patrick Vieira since Patrick Vieira left. Um, it, and it's that just that ability to break play up. Vieira was so good at it. When teams started to go through at Arsenal, suddenly Vieira would stick out one of those long legs, nick the ball away and bang, Arsenal would be on the attack again. And Declan Rice can do that. He does it really, really well. But I do think that comparison with Gilberto is an interesting one as well because I don't think Declan Rice has quite got that Vieira-like ability where Vieira used to just drive forward and just go through and support the attack. I think Rice has got the capability to do that. And we've seen it in flashes at times, but he hasn't doesn't do it as much as Vieira does. Maybe Gilberto is a better comparison, really, because Gilberto was just so good at everything he did. Gilberto, what a player he was. So underappreciated by so many people, especially those outside of Arsenal. Um, maybe Declan Rice is a bit more appreciated in England because he's English. And so there's more focus is paid to him. And I always thought Gilberto went under the radar a little bit. So it's a good comparison. But certainly it's almost like a mix between the two. It's like you've morphed Vieira and Gilberto to Silva together and you end up with Declan Rice. But of course, Gilberto Silva, World Cup winner, Patrick Vieira. World Cup winner, multi-Premier League winner. Declan Rice has still got a long way to go before you can start actually saying, you know, holding him, holding him in the same sort of heights that you hold the likes of Patrick Vieira and Gilberto Silva. But yeah, interesting comparison there, Carlo. Uh, here's one from Hussein. He says, hi, Charles. I think Arteta is not doing right in terms of distributing minutes through our team, especially players like Nelson, who is always sitting there doing nothing. And we hope when one of our front, uh, front three players gets injured, uh, want Nelson to come on and perform, which is absolutely hard. Why give him a new contract? I think Mikel is wrong. The boy needs more minutes, to be fair. I would start him against Luton and give a breath to Martinelli. We should manage our key players' minutes if we want to really go until the end. Elneny and Nelson have to start playing because we are not even sure if we're going to sign new players. Arteta needs to trust these players. If Rice goes down, we are finished. Yeah, interesting. I think he does probably need to start managing players more as this season progresses, I think we're at that stage of the season now where he really does need to start. That's why I was saying tomorrow feels like a good opportunity. I don't think he's going to do it with Reese Nelson. I still, if I think if he's going to rotate anyone in the front line tomorrow, it'll be Trossard playing instead of one of either Jesus or Martinelli. I'm not sure about Nelson. Nelson did get minutes. He got about half an hour, didn't he, in the Champions League? Um, 
But yeah, I'm not sure about him. I think there's other players that I talked about. Kivior, I think, deserves more minutes. I think whenever he plays, he plays very, very well. I think you need to start utilising Kivior a little bit more. I think Jorginho could potentially come in more. You talk about Elneny. I don't know about Elneny. I think Elneny's... We're, we're not going to see much of Elneny between now and the end of the season. He was given a new contract, yes, but a large chunk of that it was, you know, he took a big wage reduction to sign that new contract and a large chunk about it was Arsenal looking after Elneny because of that injury and making sure he had that... Um, you know, he had that contract knowing while he was coming back from from his long injury issues. But yeah, I do think there is definitely an argument that Arteta needs to start giving more players minutes to rotate them more, to keep those players as sharp as possible who are going to come in. And I think this is certainly the time as we head up to the festive period and all the games we've got coming up, this will be the time to start doing it more. Uh, here's one from Tur- uh, Tierjet or Turjet. 1837, who says, Hi, Charles. When our players are available, no injuries, no suspensions, what do you think our strongest 11 is? Um, I would say, oh, this is hard for one position, especially this is hard. Um, I will go Raya and Goal. I'll go Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel. This is the hard one. Left back. Who do you play at left back? Timber. Tommy Asso Zinchenko. It depends who Arsenal are playing, <laughs> which is weird. I think if Arsenal are home against a team they're going to absolutely dominate against, um, I'd be playing Zinchenko. Uh, but if they're coming out, if they're away at Manchester City or Anfield, then I'll be playing Tommy Asu. So I think it's hard to just name the strongest team. Depend. I think it depends what who you're playing and where you're playing. So I think that's the one area that left back role is the one position which I would change depending on where Arsenal playing. And then I'd have Thomas Partey at number six. I'd have Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard in the midfield ahead of him. And then I'd have Saka, Martinelli and Jesus as the front three. So 10 of the 11 easy picks. And then depending on who Arsenal are playing and where, I'd have Zinchenko or Timber and then Tommy Asu as well. So yeah, it's a really tough one, but that's uh, that's my choice. Thanks very much for your question. Um, just the last one here from Sea Lord. It says, hi, Charles. Great content as ever. Thank you very much. Uh, I saw Patino scored a good goal yesterday, on Saturday, and people saying he should come back to the Arsenal team, but Patino is actually a late sub and hasn't started for Swansea in a month. Big step up from a mid, uh, feel, uh, big step up from a mid at best championship team to a team fighting at the top of the premiership, especially if he's in nailed on start, uh, starts for Swansea, or is that unfair? No, I don't think it's unfair, and I don't think he should come back. I think he needs to stay this season, Patino. Whatever happens, I think he needs to continue to play. He's having a really good spell at Swansea and he hasn't played, but he lost his place in the team because he got sent off. So he was suspended for a game or two games. And then he's obviously got to work his way back into the team. I'm sure his, you know, point winning contribution at the weekend will probably do that. It was a lovely goal for Tino. He won the ball himself, turned it over, got the ball back and it was a brilliant finish, especially given it was injury time, you know, to finish as calmly as that shows a lot about his, the sort of football brain that he's got. And he's having a really good time at, at Swansea. I know that for a fact. I know he's really enjoying it down there. He's growing as a footballer. He's playing a lot of football in the championship at a good level. And I'm sure we'll be back in the starting 11 very, very soon. But yeah, for me, I don't want to see, I don't want to see him come back to Arsenal this season. I just think he needs to stay and continue to play. If he comes back to Arsenal, he's going to end up just sitting at the bench and he's barely going to get any minutes, if any. So what's the point in that? He needs to be playing. He's doing that at a very good club now and he's doing very, very well. So I, um, yeah, not for me. I think he stays where he is and uh, then everyone can sit down at the end of the season and work out what's going to be best for him, what's going to be best for Arsenal as well. And a decision will be made on his future then. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, whether you're watching or listening to this episode, appreciate it. And do have a very good rest of your Monday. We'll be back tomorrow as we really start to gear towards that big, big game at Luton in the Premier League. Until then, everyone, have a very good day. Speak to you soon. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.